Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. How many know what day today is? Does anybody know? This is Pentecost Sunday, very uh, powerful time in which a new era began over 2,000 years ago. You can turn to Acts chapter 1, in which Jesus, the head of the church, died for. He spoke. You can go read about it in 1 Corinthians 15. He spoke to over 500 people. Talked to them about being endued with power. Talked to them about going to Jerusalem, tearing for the promise, and only 120 showed up. That shows you from the beginning of the move of God, the outpouring of the Spirit, there's been resistance. When 380 don't show up, to the most important church meeting that ever happened, and only 120 do. But thank God for the 120. I believe we're numbered among them. Amen. Gathered together in Jesus' name, and searching and praying and believing God for that which He desires to do in this day and hour. In the Scripture, in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them. Now that's a powerful word, the word commanded. But another important word is the word assembled, meaning Jesus is the integral part. He's the the cornerstone. He's the head of the church. And He's not just gathering the church together. He's assembling it. That means He's he's putting it together so it'll have purpose, so it'll function, so it'll be effective in its day and hour. Amen? And you don't want to miss that. But then it says, He commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, But wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now we know from John chapter 20 that Jesus appeared to his disciples. And after this particular event, the disciples were no longer viewed as disciples. They were viewed as apostles. The Bible says he came into the place in which they were. They were there gathered fearfully for that which they thought the Jewish people might do to them, the Sanhedrin, those that had crucified the Lord Jesus. And as he ministered to them, the Bible says he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. In reality, that was the first time anybody got born again. Jesus being the firstborn from the dead, first fruits of God, and those men and women there in that room being born again. Now, let me just say this. This will help you. Salvation is an invitation to the world. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no other name given among men by whereby we must be saved. If you shall believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Everybody knows, the scripture knows what the word says. Every time we preach the scripture, every time we preach the word, God is giving an invitation it's amazing we have a crowd gathered here. had a great crowd in the early service. Uh, we're going out over the internet. So this message goes forth. Many other churches today preaching the same message, preaching the, uh, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the endowment with power, Pentecost Sunday. Men and women are celebrating that which God is doing. But let me just say something. Satan knows that spirit-filled people, spirit-filled churches are a great threat to his kingdom. Now, salvation being an invitation to the world We must also recognize by this scripture, Jesus commanded them. Amen. That's a little heavier word than invitation. 
And we must realize in the body of Christ, this is not popular in many churches today to preach this or to proclaim this, but I'm going to stick with the letter of the Word of God. Where salvation is an invitation to the world, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, which is a second-fold working of the Holy Spirit of God, is a command from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. He commands those that are born again, who have left the human family and come into God's family, He commands them to be endued with the power of God. Listen, this takes your life from a natural life to a supernatural life. Come on, church. God doesn't want you living a natural life on a natural earth. He wants you living a supernatural life on the natural earth. God wants you to have supernatural answers for the natural problems of your life. Now we know the story of the day of Pentecost, how they gathered together there in the upper room. Uh, the Bible talks about the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Holy Ghost falling upon them, uh, the fire, the tongues, all that that took place. But we can also see that immediately upon saying this, Jesus saying, you know, go and be endued with power. Uh, I'm commanding you to do it. They begin to question Jesus on the restoration of the nation of Israel back to its natural sovereignty. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Many times men are more caught up with natural things than they are spiritual things. And today I'm telling you there is an enormous amount of spiritual things that are happening. Now I'm not just talking about in the church. I'm talking about this, this evil world system coming online, flexing its muscle, saying, I've got power, saying, I can do this, I can shut down. Listen, it is happening right now in our midst. In talking with many of my pastor friends, missionaries that I know, we've been, we talk to each other every day. Uh, uh, one of them made this statement, and I agreed. He said, I felt so bad about shutting down my church. I said, I felt the same way. I said, you know, it, it was just horrible. It's one of the greatest violations of our faith. When you can leave a liquor store open, you can leave an abortion clinic open, you can leave a, a pot store open, you can leave Walmart open, but you shut down the church. Yes. I said this to the early, early church, I will never shut down Island Church again. Amen. Ever. Yes. No matter what the government says, you say they'll take you to jail. I've been there before. It doesn't intimidate me any, any at all. Amen. Amen. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to ever shut down. And I repent for shutting it down the first time. You say, why? Because we are the ones with the answer. The answer to the coronavirus, the answer to the uproar in the nation, to answer to all that's going on, and the enemy is flexing his muscle to do everything he can do to shut down the answer. But I've got good news, church. There are things that are happening in the Spirit that's going to bring us to a place in which we've only dreamed of. Now is our time. We're going to have to work for it. We're going to have to contend for it. Amen. Now, with that in mind, I'm kind of mixing now. I'm kind of mixing now the uh, two series that I'm involved in: Sign of the Times and Growing Up Spiritually. Because we must recognize the day and the hour in which we live, and we must grow up into it. I keep going back to that that illustration of that young paratrooper in, in World War II that was part of the airborne unit uh, that went into Normandy. And talked about what a child, what a kid he was. He joined the army when he was 17. Got a, got a, net, a, a note from his, from his mom and dad. And, and trained with this elite group of men. And, and said, we did so many childish things when we were on leave and, and all this. He said, but I'm telling you, when we got on that airplane. And we recognized and realized we're fixing to jump out of an airplane over an enemy occupied territory. He said, I grew up real fast. 
And I'm telling you, the times we're living in ought to grow you up real fast. It's time to get rid of all the foolishness, all the things that, that have kind of in, in, inhibited and, and hindered that which God wants to do in our lives personally and in the church has to be purged out because I'm telling you, this shaking that's going on in the world is also going on in the church, but it's not shaking it out. It's shaking in that which God desires to do. Now, go to, go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. We know there in Ephesians it tells us that we should grow up so that we'd be no more children. Amen. And let me just throw this out at you. After, after that childhood state, many of us enter into a kind of an adolescent state. And that adolescent state is very good because that's the time in which you can be trained. Most people in their, in their younger years are able, you know, that's when you go to college, that's when you go to school, that's when you make career decisions, and that's when you're most easily trained. It's, it's difficult. I, I've talked to people, I actually know people that lost jobs, you know, when they were 50, 55, 60, 65 years old and had to retrain themselves, reschool themselves in a certain trade in order to, uh, just in order to, to, to live. Amen. But we must realize and recognize that there is a work of the Spirit that's going on in the hearts of men and women that desire revival and awakening. I, I, I truly see it in my spirit that there's revival in the church, awakening in the area, and harvest in the world. And it's not going to be this year-long thing, years and years, years and years. It's going to happen quick. The Bible says God's going to cut it short in righteousness, and Jesus is coming back. I said Jesus is coming back. That ought to resonate in your spirit. Now, here in 1 Peter, now, we know that we can refer to this being the end of Peter's life and his writings, but there is a prophetic twist to this that's applicable to today, and we need to recognize it. Now, notice that I tell you chapter 4, chapter 4 there in verse 7, Peter writes to us and says, But the end of all things is at hand. Well, if he wrote that 2,000 years ago, how much closer should it be today? It says, Be therefore sober... And watch unto prayer, and above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Now, let me read this in the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified. It says, but the end and culmination of all things has now come near. Keep sound-minded and self-restrained and alert, therefore, for the practice of prayer. Above all these things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins, forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Let's go on a little trip for a moment. You know, people look at churches and look at what's going on in the earth today and they, 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 they go back, especially if you've been serving God, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 40 years. You know, I was actually, I've been uh, a part of this uh, ever since 1961. But there was a time in my life when I was away from the Lord, but I came back to it. And it's the same spirit, the same message, the same word. Uh, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, God uh, wants people saved. It's not His will that any should perish, but that all come to the knowledge of repentance. And God wants to use the church in a mighty way in this last day and hour to reap the harvest that belongs to Him. I said it belongs to him. Now, I can remember the, when I came back to the Lord in early 1984, I remember the wonderful 
uh, camp meetings, not only up at Abundant Life Christian Center, which I was a part of many of those, but also at Lakewood Church, we had Thanksgiving camp meetings. I remember the great camp meetings Brother Hagen had up in the convention center in Tulsa. I remember other camp meetings in other churches that I was a part of. The crowds, the glory, the power, the anointing. And we were coming, actually, as we, trans, as we, as we went through uh, uh, 1980, 80, excuse me, 1985, 86, into the early 90s, through the 90s, and into the first part of this new millennium, we were living on the last embers and the last trickle of the charismatic move. Amen? Now, here in Island Church, we, the church began in 2002. First, first Sunday in February, 2002. Church began in the last trickle of that. And then we've seen over the years uh, uh, great moves of God that have come. We saw a great move of restoration after Hurricane Ike, when God supernaturally restored this building. We didn't have any flood insurance. Our insurance company did not roll it over into our package that year. And we just were stuck with, you know, over a half million dollars worth of damage or more. And God literally supernaturally restored us. And in the midst of the restoration, a wonderful ministry came in and worked with us. And we fed literally thousands of people on the island. It was a great blessing. Amen. And you that have come here for, for a period of time have noticed recently last, I would say, year, nine months, year, year and a half, where before that, just about every service, especially on Sunday mornings, we would have anywhere from 5 to 10 to 7 to 15, as much as 17 people standing in the front of the, of the church after a service, either getting right with God, amen, or getting saved for the first time. That's gone down to a trickle. Amen. You say, why is that? Well, you're going to find out. Amen. Now, Peter tells us the end of all things are at hand. That means, just like in the day of Pentecost, there was a tremendous paradigm change in the Spirit. Man received back the authority that he'd lost in the garden. That became a tremendous threat to darkness. A tremendous threat. One of the most unpopular messages to preach in the denominational world is the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I had a Baptist pastor come to me in, from Dew, Texas in a camp meeting that I was preaching up in Central Texas. He said, would you dare come to a Baptist church? I said, I would dare. <laughs> and I'll never forget going into Dew Baptist Church on a Sunday night, and guess what I preached on? The baptism in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I watched an entire church get baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. Amen. So God desires to pour out His Spirit. God is looking for churches that are ready to work for awakenings, excuse me, for revivals in the church, awakenings in their areas, and harvest worldwide. How many want to be involved in that? Well, it just doesn't happen because you hang around. So there are two things. The first scripture speaks of what? Prayer. Whether you realize this, like it, don't like it, does not matter. God has brought Island Church into a season of incredible prayer. How many were here Saturday night? If you are missing prayer meetings, you are missing the most powerful services of the week. If you are missing the prayer meeting, you are missing the intent of God's heart of that which He desires to do. And really, the problem with people missing prayer is in the next verse. You say, what is it? It says there should be, I like it in the Amplified. Let me read it in the Amplified. It says, above all things, 
an intense, unfailing love one for another. So let's just get down and dig a little bit. Amen. We have to walk in love. You look around this auditorium, you see anybody. You can't sit at a table with, break bread with, put your arm around them, hug their neck, and tell them you love them. You need to repent. Amen? You say, why? You'll have no heart for the things of God. You can judge people's activity in the kingdom of God by their love walk. Listen, if you walk in love, you love God. And if you love God, you love the people of God. You love to be around God and you love to obey what God is saying to do in that day and hour. And listen, just like in the day of Pentecost when God, Jesus spoke to 500 and he spoke to them supernaturally as he went up in a cloud, I guarantee you the resistance started right then and there. Did you see who was here? Who was here? Peter was here. Peter was here. Now if I'd have known Peter was going to be here, I wouldn't have been here. Yeah, I know. You heard what he did, didn't you? Oh, I heard. Everybody knows what he did. He denied Jesus three times. Amen. But there were 120 that walked in love toward Peter. You say, how do they know? Because when it came time to preach the inaugural message of the church on the day of Pentecost, they looked up the line and who was their leader? Who was their leader? Peter was their leader. He had been forgiven. He had been loved. And God said, now my anointing will come on you. And 3,000 got saved that day. Listen, we've got to get this petty, and let me tell you what it is. It's a spirit. It's what it is. It's a spirit from hell that can take an incident and incite things and cause them to burn and cause them to burn. And people get these attitudes and people get these ideas. Listen, listen. If you got something against me, I forgive you. Forgive your pastor. Go back to your love walk. If you don't, you're not going to get to taste of all these wonderful things that God is fixing to do that we're going to contend for and work for. That's why you have no heart for prayer meetings. You drag yourself to church. You're like, I don't even want to be here. Listen, that can't happen anymore. You've got to get on fire for God. This is a time in which those are lukewarm are being spewed out of His mouth and God God is looking for those that are white hot for Him. And I've made a decision. I'm not going to miss it if I have to uh, leave the pastor of the church and go join a church where revival is happening. I will not miss what God is doing. Amen. Amen. And I listen. Just love. Just walk in love. Forget the past. Forgive. Get rid of it. Then the literal revelation of the day that you're living in, this is the end of all things. This is it. I said, this is it. This whole world is under the sway of this wicked demon, what would you call it, system. Who tells America to shut down? Who tells the Philippine Islands to shut down? Who tells these nations, shut your nation down, stop your economy? Who does that? You got to recognize, realize, what is the result? What is the fruit of it? We're seeing it right now. Any little incident that will happen. Any little thing that will happen. I saw a deal the other day. A woman walked into a store without a mask on and the entire store mobbed her and ran her out. Boy, that's walking in love, isn't it? That's in our nation. 
Listen, it's going to go more. This whole world system is spinning this entire world into anarchy. And listen, if we live in the past, oh, I wonder what's going on with the church. I wonder what's wrong with pastor. People aren't coming to the altar anymore. Where are the gifts of the Spirit? Where is the power of God? We don't want what we used to have. We want what God is fixing to do. We want a taste of the powers of the world to come. We want to see an unprecedented move of the Spirit of God. And we're going to have to work for it. We're going to have to contend for it. Now, go if you will. Look here. We're going to go dig in the, old, in, the, in the prophets a little bit. How many like the prophets? Go to Haggai. I was studying and found this, and I'm telling you, I like to ram through the wall in my office. Because when God speaks to you out of the Word, you can hang your hat on it. Amen. Now, let me set the stage. Haggai is, a, is what we would call a minor prophet. This is after the, 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 the captivity of, of Israel and Babylon and they're released. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar turns a group loose to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple, to put the walls around the city, actually to worship God. Amen. If you study that, that's what it was, is to worship God. Now, in that group of people, there wasn't alive those that were there that remembered Solomon, when he built his temple, the, 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 the math is not there. But there were those that lived other, under, uh, under other kings that were of the lineage of David that lived in Jerusalem that remembered the glory of the temple. Amen? They remember the gold. They remember all of the, 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 the tapestries. They remember all, everything that was glorious and beautiful about that temple. They remembered it. Now they're back in Jerusalem and they're standing there by what they have produced what they call now a place to worship and they're complaining they're going it ain't like it used to be well they had forgotten they'd been in captivity all those years it ain't like it used to be that's what they were saying now notice verse 1 and, and I apologize for trying to for trying to pronounce all these names. In the seventh month, and in the one and twentieth day of the month, came, now I like this, because this is a real qualifying statement, came the word of the Lord, if I say the word of the Lord, unto Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of, uh, of Shnekiel, the governor of Judah, and, and to Joshua, uh, the son of Jodeca, the, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? Amen. Now, does anybody remember, quote, the house in its first glory? When you came into the move of God, maybe in the 80s, maybe in the 90s, and you went to a church, and it seemed like it was revival, and it seemed like there was a move of God, and you went to this conference in Tulsa, and you went to this one in Dallas, and there were masses of people, and everybody was just glorifying God, and huge offerings, and people were coming. To, how many remember those days? That's exactly what he's saying. Who remembers the glory of this place? Now notice what he says. Who left among you that saw the glory, saw this house in her first glory, and how do you see her now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? And you know what they're saying? They're saying, this ain't nothing. 
Man, I remember when. I remember when. I remember the 60s and the 70s. I remember when. And they're living in the past. But now listen, this is a what? This is a thus saith the Lord. Did you get that? This is a thus saith the Lord. Next verse, verse 4. And now, here you go. Be ye strong, O Zerubbabel. So I'm going to say it like this. Be ye strong, island church. Be ye strong. Everybody say, be ye strong. Island church. Saith the Lord, be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehediak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. I tell you, God's with us. Let me tell you something. When the pews are full and people are running the aisles and the money's piling on the offering and people are getting out of wheelchairs and people are coming to the altar, now, anybody can believe that's God. But when nothing is happening and nothing is going on and you stand against the backdrop of the charismatic move, of the healing revivals, of the outpouring of Azusa Street and all of that, and you say, there's nothing going on now. You're wrong. God has not left us God is not gone. He is still here. I said he's still here. Mm-mm-mm. Verse 5. According to the word of the Lord that I have covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. Listen, God gave us some promises when we came out of the world. Did you get that? His promises of healing... His promises of prosperity. His promises of protection. He has not rolled up the word and stored it somewhere. It is still active. It is still ours. Come on, church. According to the word that I coveted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. This whole thing that's going on in our midst, and you're going to see it, exacerbated and multiplied as we go through this summer and head toward November with that election that's coming, you're going to see fear rise to levels that have never been seen on this planet before. You're going to see it. The Bible says in the last days men's heart will fail them for fear of that which is coming on the earth. You're going to see war. You're going to see rumors of war. You're going to see, you're going to see uh, famine. You're going to see disaster. Listen, look how crazy our weather has been. The, the pastor that we grew up under when we first came into the move of God, Brother J.R. Goodwin, prophesied before he died. He said in the last days before Jesus comes back, he said, you will not be able to tell the seasons by the changing of the leaf of the tree. Lee and I got up the other morning. I mean, not, not, not four or five months ago. I mean, like, two weeks ago, a week ago, walked out on our porch and said, this is May? This is November. This isn't May. Come on, church. Everything is in upheaval. Everything. The Bible says, the seas roaring. That's talking about humanity. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, the suppression of the nations is like putting, literally like putting a lid on a boiling pot. You know what they did over there in Texas City back in 1947. Y'all that are from the area know the story of the great Texas City disaster. The worst man-made disaster to ever happen in America. Well, they brought in a, 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 a freighter that was full of ammonia, ammonia oxide or one of those 
bodium nitrate, which is they used to make fertilizer with, and it was smoldering. So they so they got the they got the Texas City Fire Department, Lamont Fire Department, and they started pouring water on it. And the more they poured water on it, the more it smoldered. So they said, what we'll do is we'll take the hatch cover and we'll put the hatch cover on the ship, not knowing that covering that hatch with that hatch cover was going to create a bomb. And boom, that thing blew an anchor seven miles away. You say, why? Because when you cover things that are boiling, something's going to give. And I'm telling you, they're covering things that are boiling right now. And when it gives, it's going to be alarming. And you better be ready. And you better be in a place with God where you're going to fear not. It says, fear not. Everybody say, fear not. Now listen, I love this. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations. Now listen, and the desire of all nations shall come. Does anybody know what the desire of all nations is? You say, why is, why is all this happening? Why does it seem like our government is shaking? Our financial institutions are shaking. Our, our medical institutions are shaking. It seems like our cities are burning. What is going on? The desire of all nations is coming back. Jesus is coming back. I don't know how we can say it. I don't know how many times we can say it. To warn you, to prepare you, to exhort you, to inform you, to inspire you. Live for God with all of your heart. Pour everything into your service unto the Lord. It's time to serve God. The desire of all nations shall come. I love this next scripture. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace. There's no peace in the bottle. There's no peace in the needle. There's no peace in the powder. There's no peace in perversion. There's no peace in the government. There's no peace in finance. The only place in these last days you're going to find the shalom, the peace of God is going to be in the house of God where God is moving, where people are unintimidated to serve God no matter what goes on in this world. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that. I mean, God ought to strengthen something on the inside of you this morning as we teach and preach this to you where you make a decision in your heart. I'm not going to miss revival. I'm not going to miss awakening. I'm not going to miss harvest. I'm going to work. I'm going to do what is necessary. I'm going to be in my place at the right time with the right people doing the right thing to see God move in an unprecedented way. We're associate churches. We're associate church with primarily two great churches, actually several great churches, but primarily two in which we minister in their conferences every year. They're in Shreveport, Louisiana with Pastor Sam and Becky Carr in their Freedom Crusade and Pastor Mark and Janet Brzee in their Fire for the Nations. Neither one of those conferences will happen this year. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, it is imperative that you have fall harvest. He said, you have to, and I've talked to these pastors and talked to them about it, and they agree. He said, you'll be two weeks from one of the most pivotal elections that this earth, that this nation has ever seen, that has ever seen. And the Lord spoke to me very plainly. He says, what's trying to be corrupted is the process. 
so it really doesn't matter how the vote comes out. The process gets corrupted and the enemy is able to do what he desires to do. We need four more years of peace for revival, listen, awakening and harvest in the earth. And there are those with an ungodly agenda that one of the first things they're going to try to do is shut down the churches. You say, I don't believe that. It was already planned. Did you know it was already planned? Did you know it already was, the, the, the scheme they were going to use was already run, ran on this church? Did you know that? I could, I could, I could show it to you, but uh, you know, somebody may be listening on the internet that needs Jesus, and it might not be right for them to know that. But it happened here. We overcame it. You know why? Let me tell you what overcame it. It wasn't our authority. It wasn't our anointing. It wasn't the gifts of the... You know what it was? It was love. Because the ones that were sent, we loved them. We loved them in the door. We loved them out the door. And there was nothing they could say. And they were sent here by the government. Getting quiet in here. That's the day we're living in. That's the hour we're living in. You've got to understand that, church. Now listen what it says. Listen. The glory of the latter house. Now we're speaking what? It's Pentecost. We're talking about the outpouring of the Spirit. We're talking about the desire of all nations came once. Amen. But Isaiah saw down through the, through the portals of time, down the spokes of time, and he saw both the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God. Everything in the Bible screams to what's going on right now. One of the most popular faith messages, any faith preacher that's worth his salt can preach on the woman with the issue of blood. Where are my faith preachers at? Amen? You got your message on the woman with the issue. You got to have one. It's a great message of faith. But did you know even in that message, the story of Jairus, the story of the woman with the issue of blood, Jairus representing Israel, how the daughter, 12 years, fell asleep. He came back. He woke her up. In the middle, someone with a blood issue touched his garment. You say, what do you mean? It was a blood issue. It was a blood issue until Jesus put the blood on the mercy seat and all of a sudden the blood issue was answered and it happened right in between the, 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 the law and the daughter dying. How long had she suffered? Twelve years. How old was the daughter? Twelve? I better not. I'll start preaching that to you. You get all crazy. How's my time? Oh my goodness, I'm over time. One more scripture. Go to Zechariah. Here we go. Why prayer, pastor? Here's why. Let me just say this. Tomorrow's June the 1st through August the 31st. Our prayer times are 6.30 on Wednesday nights to 7.15. Saturday, prayer from 6 to 7. But anytime you drive by this building and you will see a green GMC parked out in front of this church, I will be in here praying. You come knock on the door, I'll let you in if you want to pray. Because I tell you, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in this church contending for the move of God. And I trust I'm doing it for the church. So you drive by and see my truck there. You come knock on the door, I'll let you in. You say, why? Here. Verse 10, chapter 10 of Zechariah. Chapter 10 of Zechariah. Here's the key. You say, what are you going to be praying about? We pray in Zechariah chapter 10. Ask ye, 
of the Lord reign in the time of the latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain, everyone grass in the field. Now listen to me, church. There's, there's been a fight for 18, the 18-year 18 history of this church. There's been a fight. Because I'm telling you, the devils of this island, they do not want what we have and who we are. There are other churches, I can't speak for them. They've done their thing, they, they can do their thing. But here, listen, we are full gospel, Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, rapture-believing, listen, faith-empowering believers that should walk in extreme love one toward another. Come on, church. And there's been a fight to do that. But in the meantime, now listen to me. In the meantime, because I've been a part of many churches. I sat on many boards. I sit on boards today. I've been a part of many churches, revivals, moves of God. But let me tell you something about Island Church. There was one thing that I made sure that Island Church would have. You say, what is that? That when we came to this time, this place in time, this, this place in which I believe we're at a crossroads. Many churches are at a crossroads. I believe, God, that when we got here, we wouldn't have some grand building. That would be great. We wouldn't have some great media ministry. That would be great. That may come. Who knows? But I believed, as a church, we would have an incredible amount of seed in the ground in every different genre in which you can sow seed. Financial seed... Seed of souls. Listen, church, we've given millions of dollars into missions. We've got financial seed in the ground. That there is a harvest unprecedented in this area that needs to come into this church. It's not going to come unless we work for it. And you, you say, what do you mean work for it? We've got to pray. We've got to bind darkness. We've got to release the angels of God. And we've got to believe God for a wave of that thing to hit this church. And the, and the finances of this church just cause, ever, cause the bankers to come in here and kneel at the altar and get saved. Come on, church. It's not going to happen unless we contend for it. Souls. We don't, we don't put money in front of souls. Souls, we say souls next because they're the most important. We've had many saved here. Many have been delivered. We've done outreaches. But we have gone to the world. We've gone to the nations as individuals. We've gone with our money. We've gone as ourselves. Listen, one of our crusade preachers, Brother Christopher Allum, who I believe right now, since Reinhard Bonnke is now off the scene, I believe Christopher Allum has stepped in to the place of the premier crusade evangelist on the planet. He comes and stand in the, stands in this pulpit. I talk to him at least two to three times a month. He is a friend of mine. He is a friend of this church. In 2015, they recorded one million souls born again into the kingdom of God. That's our seed in the ground. Because we're the ones standing behind him and saying, Go do it, Christopher. Go do it, Christopher. Go do it, Christopher. Now he is locked down. His teams are locked down. Africa is crying out. India is crying out. Pakistan is crying out. And they can't do nothing. We've got to pray and see this evil thing broken in Jesus' name. We don't need all these foolish restrictions. You've got to have this vaccine. You've got to do this or do this to travel. We need these airways to open up again. We need these nations to open up again. We have these men so anointed of God, these women so anointed of God, they need to break out into these nations again and see the harvest of God come in, comes in as the church supports them and pushes them into their destiny as we go into ours. Now let me explain to you. Moses is the one that gave the revelation and the instruction of the rain, uh, the, the, the former and the latter rain. The former rain 
being the planting rain. Now you've got to admit, church, that some of our greatest times of sowing, which has been in our fall harvest conferences, which, which it's amazed me. I mean, we gave, what, 100,000 out of one, 50,000 out of another, 60,000 out of another. We had a ministry destroyed by fire, and we actually restored the ministry before the embers were out. We have a tremendous amount of seed in the ground. Amen? But that's the planting seed. The planting rain. Many times the Spirit of God was moving powerfully. And people would sow and give. God would bless. But listen, that causes the seed to germinate in the ground. That causes the sprout to come up. That causes, that causes the plant, the stalk to grow. It even, it even can cause the fruit to come on to the, to the vine, but it does not cause the fruit to set. You've got to have the latter rain. Now listen to me, church. Listen with your spirit right now. You've got to have the latter rain in its season to do what? To set the fruit, which makes it ready for harvest. You say, how can we get that? One word. Zechariah 10, verse 1, first word. Ask. I don't know what ask looks like to you. But to me, it looks like praying till the answer happens. Not just praying and walk away saying, well, I believe I got it by faith. Let's see what God can do. No, I believe praying till it starts to rain. And the rain sets the fruit, revives the church, harvest comes in. You've got, listen, you've got to serve God. You've got to love people. You've got to rise up in your own heart. You've got to get rid. And I can see many times I can look across and see, you know, just stress on people and fear on people and things like that. But listen, Brother Frank, if you will, go to, go to the keyboard. You've got to let the Spirit of God move you again. You've got to let the presence of God. Recently in our prayer meetings and in my own prayer time, it's like a whole new dimension. And I've been on my knees for 36 years praying. But there's something. We've stepped into something different. We've stepped into something different. The glory of God and the help of the Spirit. See, we can, we don't, it's, not our, it's not our labor. It's, our, it's the Spirit of God that is our helper that will come in. And as we pray with purpose, I, I kind of brought the prayer meeting to a, a quicker close last night because I wanted to emphasize to people, we're praying with a purpose. Here's why we're praying. We're praying for the, for the latter rain, for it to fall, for the restoration of things in the church, for the healing of relationships. You say, well, Pastor, I, somebody across, I'm kind of like they did with Peter. Who's that? If I didn't know that would be here, I wouldn't have been here. You got to go get that healed. You got to go get that healed. If there's anyone that you're cross with in any way, you've got to get that healed. And let me tell you something. You can't wait for someone else to initiate it. I've initiated healing people in my life that didn't want it. They didn't want it. They wanted to keep their pain. One particular individual, I was talking to another pastor, and I, the Lord, actually two years ago, three years ago, the Lord impressed me greatly, and He said, you need to do your part to heal this. And, and I had tried before, and it, nothing happened, nothing came of it. I wrote a letter, it was rejected. But... I got a, I had an old phone number, an old cell number 
And so I sent a text and that was rejected. So I called a pastor and I said, would you help me? Would you intervene in this? I just want to make sure that I'm right. And God gave me a word. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And I texted that word to that individual. And it melted their heart. And I was able to go and share my heart. Give forgiveness and ask forgiveness. That brings restoration. And I left and I left it in God's hand. That's all you can do. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt in my own heart. I hold no animosity. I have no offense. I love everybody. I love everybody. We at Island Church do everything we can do to demonstrate that love in helping people, blessing people. It's the enemy that gets in over little piddly things and incites things that you've got to get out of your life and you've got to get right with God. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. Your life depends on it now. And as Peter said, it's the end of all things. This is it. Jesus is coming back. Look at our nation. Look what's going on. I think that's a horrible tragedy, what happened to that man up in the north, up in Minneapolis. But look at how Satan has tried to incite based on that. And that only leads to more, which leads to more, which leads to more. This could be one of the most desperate summers our nation has ever seen. But thank God there's light in Goshen. Does anybody know what that means? That means when that plague of darkness came on Egypt, those Egyptians in that darkness could look over. They should be able, in the darkness of what's coming this summer, they should be able to drive by this church and see light in these windows and see people worshiping God and see people praising the Lord. Lift your hands and worship God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. We worship you, Father. Father, we worship you. We worship you. We glorify. We exalt you, Lord. Come on, church. Take your liberty. Open your mouth and worship God for a moment. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Right now, you're being healed. Someone here with an issue of blood. That could be a man or a woman. That could be anything from the problems that are unique to both genders to nosebleeds. You know, but right now, there's an issue of blood that's being healed. That anointing is coming on you right now. Thank you, Father. Someone else right now, you're, it seems to me it's your right hand and the condition that they call a corporal tunnel is trying to, is literally trying to cripple your hand. Your hand even at times will look like it's going into a crippled state and you'll just begin to thank God, worship, but then you have been fighting that. But right now, that anointing is coming into your hand and totally delivering you from that condition right now. If that's you, lift your hands up and worship God. Thank God for your healing. Thank God for your healing. Someone else, you have had such severe headaches. 
It's like a band has been around your head and that's how it'll start. You're, you're almost aware of this something around your head and then it gets tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter till it almost incapacitates you. This happens late in the day. Never happens early. It happens late in the day. Healing virtue is coming on you right now. Right now in Jesus' name. That condition is being healed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Someone else, I'm, many times when the Lord gives me things, I don't try to edit them and I don't try to figure out what it is because every time it happens, someone will come to me and says, you don't understand what you said, but this is what it meant. And it, it always blesses me when that happens. But someone in here, you have a, it feels like in the Spirit, you're running on ice. So it, when you're not getting traction, you're slipping. When you're not getting, and there are some things spiritually that you know God has before you that you're desiring to do, that you're desiring to enter into, but it feels like right now that you're on ice and every step you make, it's, it's well, I made a step, but it's not much of a step because I'm afraid if I step too much, I'm going to slip. And then when you have tried to step big, you've always slipped. The Lord says today, an anoint. <laughs> An anointing of traction is coming into your life. And that, that it, it literally almost has created an emotion in you. That is going to be delivered out of you. And just like with Zerubbabel, a strong confidence is going to come into you. And you're going to begin to make those bigger steps. Those bigger steps. Those bigger steps. Those bigger steps. Thank you, Father. Oh, put your hands up and worship God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, more than one, more than one. Now that this thing has happened, there are some things going on when you, with your employment. I don't see this in a business. I see this in employment. In which it's a real intimidating factor now to even work. It's just you look at your situation you think, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. And you're actually at a point in which you have to make a decision. But the Lord says this, I will be the voice behind you saying this is the way, walk in it. A grace for a change will come upon you if you will allow it and a courage to step out and do what you already know to do will come and that confusion will lift. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and thank the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we worship you. Oh, we glorify your name. Come on, church, take time and worship God. We worship you, Father. We glorify your name. We glorify your name. We exalt you, Lord God. God of heaven. God of earth. We worship. We glorify. We magnify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let me encourage you. Let me exhort you. And this has nothing to do with trying to put people in church. Basically, our services are full based on what we can do, both the early service and this service. If we had the early service here right now, this entire place would be packed. And they've given us these restrictions. It won't be but a couple of more Sundays where I'm going to walk down these aisles and take these things off of our chairs. This Sunday isn't the Sunday. I was going to do it. The Lord said, don't do it today. Now, let me just help you. That spirit that's in this world that tells you that you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, 
And to do that, you are protecting others. That is a lie. They are trying to intimidate you with a purpose of manipulating you so that you can be controlled. Amen. Now, I'm not against anybody wearing masks or doing You do that. That's, that's according to your own conviction. Amen. But I see people driving their cars and they're the only one in their car with a mask on. I don't know. I mean, what if they told you, masks don't work, you got to put a paper bag over your head. I don't want to get into the spirit of Antichrist. But have you ever seen it in a society? Have you seen it in Afghanistan? Uh, let, me give you a better, let me give you a better reference, geographical reference. On the border of Iraq and Iran, which they call the cradle of the world, which according to prophecy, the Antichrist will come out of there, out of a group of men with black beards that wear and wave a black flag. You ever heard of them? They're called ISIS. Look what they do to their women. You say, why? They steal identity. So I throw that out. I'm not going to teach on it because some people would get mad and say, I'm trying to tell people not to wear masks and this and that. I'm not, going to, I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you, you have to watch very carefully what's going on in this world and its system because there is a purpose, there is a pattern, and there is that which Satan is doing to steal the identity, not just of the church, but of all people and lump you into one big lump for the purpose of stealing, killing, and destroying. But thank God we serve a God of mercy a God of power, a God of might, a God of great anointing, a God of blessing. Come on, church. And there's light in Goshen. Pastor Rusty, what would I do if I got coronavirus? Call me up. I'll come lay hands on you. You'll get healed. You'll be healed instantly in Jesus' name. Amen. That's real cocky talk. Listen, I've, I've laid hands on people with malaria. I've laid hands on people with AIDS. I've laid hands on every infectious disease you can think of. And that disease didn't get on me. Healing got on them. Gonna have to switch our thinking. Today's the day to serve God. Come to church. Come to prayer. Let's make this summer the summer of work. And then it'll begin to rain. And the fruit will set. And we will see the glory of God. Amen. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name today. Thank you so much for that which you're doing in our midst. As is our tradition, Lord. As is our tradition. We thank you for our protection. Not just in the area of travel and work, but for this epidemic, pandemic, and for every other one that will try to come up on this earth. We declare no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. We have the blood of the Lord Jesus on the doorpost of our heart. And the death angel has to pass over us in Jesus' name. So Father, in our travels, highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, in the righteous labor of our hands, Lord, in all of the different 
businesses trying to come online, education that needs to come back, our schools, our teachers. Father, we surround it all with faith and love. And declare that we abide under the shadow of the Most High and under His wings, the wings of the cherubim that are over the mercy seat of God where the blood of Jesus is. If Satan can violate the blood, he can have us. But he cannot violate that blood, nor that name. Thank you, Father. More importantly, for the door of utterance which we have outside this church. Let the fire of evangelism burn in our bones. We bind the spirits of apathy and complacency. This week, let us supernaturally have supernatural encounters in which we can be the answer to the prayers of fearful people. People full of anxiety and stress. And we can pray with them and see the Spirit of God minister and relieve them of all that's going on. Father, we love you so much. We leave walking in faith and love towards you. But Father, we put emphasis on this one. We thank you for our church. And we walk in love one toward another. In forgiveness, free from offense, walking in restoration and blessing, thanking you, Father, for what you're doing here at this church. That you have not passed us by, but the glory of the former house will be greater than the glory of the latter house. Fathers, we leave today, we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, that here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the and anointed by the God Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.